I would say if you wanted to put a number on that, let's quantify it by that should be 99 to one as far as letting your personality show. This is what I say is the key to breaking into the business and to having a long career. Welcome to another edition of the Columbia University Sports Podcast, The Cusp Show, where we talk about media, technology, sports, obviously, business, disruption, all different kinds of things. I'm Joe Favorito, and my co-host, Tom Richardson, is not here this week, but as we mentioned in previous podcasts, if you're listening in order, we're going to bring in some new voices. So my co-host today is a person who's been around our program for about a year. Uh, she's got an interesting background in media. She's one of our students, but aspires to be behind the microphone, creating content in front of a camera. Uh, so welcome, Aliyah Funchell to The Cusp Show as our co-host for the first time. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Kind of fangirling. I'm a fan of the show. So this is exciting. So Aliyah, before we get to talking about women leadership in sports, Latina leadership in sports, uh, storytelling, especially with our guests, why don't you just give us 30 seconds of who you are and how you got from Wichita to the Upper West Side of Manhattan? Yeah, so I started at Wichita State University. I got my start in sports media there covering the Wichita State basketball team and all things athletics going on in Wichita. I started my own brand back in 2018 where I kind of do all multimedia reporting and storytelling um, and then got accepted into Columbia, worked for teams such as FC Bayern Munich and the Oklahoma City Thunder, all while building my personal brand. And right now I'm reporting on Columbia Athletics and working with Kevin Durant's business, Boardroom University. Cool. So welcome. So now let's talk about someone who's a little bit further down the road in advancing her career. She's a repeat guest. The last time we were actually in person when we did this, of course, we're still not back doing these in person. We're doing them by the magic of Zoom, which is great because she's in San Diego. So Julie Alexandria, the last time we had her on was not a mom, was not a host of La Vida Baseball's locker room, was still very much involved in the digital space, but more on the esports side at the time. And now she's going to come back to catch us up, but also talk about as we're in the middle, uh, we're here in October, October 1st, 2021, in the middle of Hispanic Heritage Month. Uh, we're going to talk about Latinas, um, baseball, especially, and, and kind of the storytelling business. Julie Alexandria welcome, Alexandria, welcome back to the Cusp Show. That was a lot to say. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Cool. Uh, so, Julie, let's talk about Locker Room Talk, how it came about your work with LaVita Baseball. Uh, we've had Jay Sharman on in the past, but maybe refresh some people on where LaVita Baseball is today and kind of the opportunity that you've seen on that side, talking to some of the great Latino voices and personalities around baseball specifically, and then Latinas on the business side and how that's kind of grown. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, my involvement with La Vida Baseball started um, in 2019, and originally they just had me on as a guest. They wanted to speak with me. Um, I'm half Puerto Rican, half Russian, um, but they wanted to have me on as a guest. And I had a little bit of pause and hesitation because I am one of those second generation uh, Americans who does not uh, speak Spanish. And my parents, my mom um, had that immigrant mentality where she English is her second language and she did not want to 
she, in her words, she said, I didn't want my kids to have an accent. And so mm. she only spoke English to us. And which turned out to be such a bummer because later on in my career, nobody saw it coming. I worked in Major League Baseball and my God, could that have come in handy? Mm -hmm. But here we are, I was working with La Vida Baseball. They decided to give me my own show with Jennifer Mercedes called J&J &J from the Block. And it was a wonderful opportunity because they saw a white space in the fact that American media, North American English speaking media only covers mostly the English speaking players. and one in four major league baseball players happens to be from a Latin American country and chances are their first language is Spanish. And so because of that, we are seeing much more of the, of a cultural shift in major league baseball, but yet there is no coverage as far as lifestyle sports. Yes. There's X's and O's. Yes. You can check out Fox Deportes and yes, you can check out different entities and, and platforms have their Spanish language sort of check the box, but there is no platform that is truly servicing the audience, the community, the fans, because it goes so much further than on the field production and play. So I got involved with them. It was absolutely wonderful conducting interviews and pretty much a dream job, absolute dream job, being able to do what I love and to service a community who is being incredibly underserved. Cool. And um, so two things. One is <clears throat> lead us to locker room talk and how that came about, but also who are some of the better uh, personalities that you and Jennifer have kind of showcased that nobody knows anything about? Oh my gosh. Well, so Locker Room Talk is the name of our podcast slash video series. It airs on YouTube. We have new episodes that air every Wednesday. We're also on Spotify. Locker Room Talk. There was a lot of uh, back and forth with the name. The name yep. came out of, originally, we wanted it to be Lock Her Room Talk. But then people said, oh, it's got a negative connotation as far as lock her up, lock her room, lock her in a room. And we said, no, we want it to show that we are a, fem we are a female point of view. We're hosted by two Latinas. We are the basically the only show out there, only sports media show out there that's hosted by two Latinas that know their stuff, that have over two decades of experience covering major league sports between uh, the both of us. And so basically, you know, they gave us this opportunity to have this incredible show. And every week we interview another woman. Now, she doesn't necessarily have to be Latina. We've had MJ Acosta, who's been on. We've had Rachel Balkovic. We've had Rachel Jacobson. She's actually this week um, the first female president of a sports league in North America of the Drone Racing League. And, uh, you know, we've we've had Jessica Mendoza. I mean, there are so many wonderful voices in the space, both male and female. I know that some of the big ones like Alana Rizzo, Jessica Mendoza, Melanie Newman, by the way, all three have been on our show, um, mm -hmm. but they are getting the opportunity now to be part of these all-female broadcasts, which seems to be you know, the, the hot yeah. ticket of the season with MLB starting theirs two months ago, ESPN just following up with their version of it. And we're kind of seeing that's the pattern. So we're just waiting for, for our dance card to come up and for people to say, oh, that they're, they've been doing it. Um, but as far as voices, I mean, Melanie Newman, before this came up, I mean, she's one of the only female play-by-play -play announcers. She does Orioles radio. She is absolutely phenomenal. Sarah Spain of ESPN. Mm -hmm. Um, who I highly suggest you follow, who's doing some wonderful stuff also in the sports betting space. Um, 
And then on the male side, we're big fans of Jose Moda, who works for the Angels, um, who does bilingual telecasts, and who is just a, a wonderful voice in this space. I love that. I do have to ask you, though, because I feel like a lot of times when we see platforms showcasing these minority groups, it's just like, okay, it's during this month or this yeah. week. So what's the payoff of having a dedicated outlet for these stories and for these voices? Consistency. Yep. Consistency, because if you're only around for one month that services whatever that, you know, Hispanic Heritage or Black History Month or, you know, any of that, Pride Month, you know, you now have a place, and this is what we wanted to create originally was Jennifer and I have such diverse, literally and figuratively backgrounds as far as how we found our way into professional sports. There is no one true path especially for women, especially for women of color. There's no one true path where it's like, well, if you go to Newhouse, chances are you will be on a broadcast somewhere, somehow. That's not always the case. And a lot of times women have to either finagle their way in or they have to find, you know, they have to be really tactful. They have to be really scrappy. They have to put up with a lot because there's really no one true path. Here you have a job working in professional sports, that's a dream job. Everybody wants to do it. You mean I get to talk to professional athletes and, and talk about the game, wait, and get paid for it? Wait, and, and then get to build a brand and be followed and then have brands want to use me and, and you know use my name and give me free product? Awesome. So everybody wants to be in this space. It's a very crowded space, it's a very limited space. So how do you stand out? How do you have that voice? And I wanted to create something that was an ongoing library so that young girls I wish I had this when I was younger and coming up, they can have a place where they can say, you know, Melanie Newman. Oh, you know what? Jessica Mendoza, Alana Rizzo. How did they start? What did they do? What can I take from their journeys that I can then apply to myself? You know, Alana Rizzo started out at Wichita Falls. Mm -hmm. You know, at a number, I don't know, I, I, I'm pulling this name out, I, I would say like a number 40 market or something. And, and you know, she describes her ascent to being the Dodgers in-game on-field reporter and now at MLB Network. And you get to hear those stories. And so to me, that is so valuable because there is no one place where you get to have access to that unless you're going to a fabulous university where you get those accesses. Mm -hmm. Julie, um, for both you uh, and Jennifer, very traditional sport baseball, locker rooms are perceived as sacred, although media don't have access to the locker rooms right now. I would say, you know, from a 3000 foot view that the, that the Latino male is not usually comfortable being around Latina reporters or media members, yet you guys are welcomed with literal open arms, um, get access. Uh, Jennifer's had some amazing stories in the last couple of weeks to everybody you know, especially when they come in, not just to get on the field, but to do things off the field. Um, how does that play out? Do you have you do you still see uh, kind of the stereotypic things out there, or how do you guys position yourselves? Uh, excuse me, you ladies, you women, position yourselves um, as being credible media voices. Are there any kind of stereotypes that you still have to go through today? You know, I, I think going back to your first comment about being uncomfortable, I think they feel the opposite. I think they feel incredibly comfortable, especially around Jennifer, who speaks the language. 
I think the key to us having the access is the fact of the longevity of our careers. Back in 2008, 2009, sorry, it was my first year working for the New York Mets and mm -hmm. I would be at the dugout hosting a magazine show and I would wait for the guys during BP, you know, depending on who we were interviewing that day. And Jennifer was the only other female face that I saw other than wow. the people. So she was the only other on-camera person. She would be sitting there with Beltran, with uh, Carlos Delgado. She would be sitting there with these guys just kind of wrapping out and just kind of, you know, having a casual conversation. The fact that players who were just coming up at that time visually saw her there in the dugout with the access, with the credentials, dating back to 2008, 2009, she has already established herself as a presence. She is a clubhouse presence. She is a, a dugout presence there, a pregame presence. So I think for that, people recognize her. Guys recognize her. A lot of the Latino players recognize her and they feel safe with her because also <laughs> it's the fine line that reporters walk. You don't want to, you know, blow someone up. You don't, you know, you got to be sure that you, you know, have their trust. And I think Jennifer and myself have done a really great job of building trust and players talk. And if there's one thing you can always rely on, it's the word on the street and players will talk and they'll say, you know, she, you know, she may say something to you or she may, this person may say something, be, be careful of this person. Um, but she and I both have a really great rapport with the players right now. And she, especially, she was just at the all-star game this season and Ronald Acuna Jr. And Fernando Tatis Jr. Came up to her and just like gave her a big hug. And they were like, Hey, what's up? You know? And they were just talking to her and all of the other outlets were like, how do you do that? How do you do that? And it's like, well, she's been doing it for, you know, over a decade and she's gained the trust of the players. And I think that, you know, the fact that she's showcasing them in the best light in their own language is something that's very comforting. And so they already have that rapport and, and that's how she gets these incredible interviews. I guess for the other women in sports that might be listening to this, how do you find the balance of letting your personality shine through and having those, a warm approach, but then also um, not having to fit into a mold that people think women in sports have to be like? Because I know a lot of them a lot of us think that we have to be or act a certain way, but how do you kind of break through that and find a good balance? You break through it by not finding a balance because letting your personality shine through versus fitting into whatever person's idea, executive producer, casting director, head of network idea of what you should be. I would say if you wanted to put a number on that, let's quantify it by that should be 99 to one as far as letting your personality show. This mm -hmm. is what I say is the key to breaking into the business and to having a long career is that what makes you different? What do you do that sets you apart, that makes you special, that makes people want to tune in and listen to you? Because these jobs are so few, which is unfortunate, but a lot of times, and this is a whole nother tangent, but a lot of times having a woman in as part of your broadcast team checks the box for a lot of networks and platforms as diversity. Oh, we have two men in the booth. Let's add a female sideline reporter. Oh, we have two men in the booth. Let's have a female multimedia journalist. Okay. Or we've got two men hosting pre and post game. Let's have a female correspondent. All right, fine. So now already the opportunities are slim for you to break in. How are you gonna have your voice heard? How are you gonna get noticed? 
especially if you don't have an agent, but you're, you know, as you said, you're creating your own content, you're building your own brand, having that voice, having a point of view and having that be consistent is truly the key to building your brand, building and keeping your audience and your followers because people are going to tune in. What's to stop me from tuning into you versus 20 other girls that are, you're all reporting on the same game, right? You can't change. You have no impact on play on the field or play on the court. So how are you then going to give me the information in a way that I'm just going to say, oh God, I got to know what she's got to say about this one. Yeah. And that right there is the key to not only breaking into the business, holding at your worth and being able to have a clear voice and to stand out above the crowd. That's amazing. I mean, that was the whole reason I started my own brand in the first place. So it's very reassuring to hear you say that. You're doing it. You're doing it. For me, it was humor. If I had to put my finger on it, it was humor because my first job in the sports industry was hosting a sports trivia game show called Beer Money, where I would just like go to town and like rip apart sports fans. (laughs) Yeah. It was this kind of like brash, edgy, shut up. You don't even know what you're talking about. Like no, <laughs> no female had ever told a drunk guy Rangers fan or Islanders <laughs> fan at a bar to, you know, had basically served him. Right. So like that sort of became my thing. And it was, you know, it was something that followed me and it was the humor and it was finding the humor in those moments. Part of that goes back to my improv background. I'm a trained theater actress. So part of that, you know, went back to that. So I brought that with me. I always tell people, whatever it was in your past that got you into this, bring it with you. We all carry that baggage anyway, bring it with you, highlight it and let that shine through because your individuality, your hot takes, your opinion, your point of view, whatever that may be, that's the key. Stick with it. Cool. Hey, Julie, why do you think, like I said, we're in the middle of Hispanic Heritage Month. You have been around the space so long. Why do you still think that, or maybe you don't think, but it seems it's apparent that the Latino and Latina audience from a consumer standpoint is still just kind of out there. It's not being embraced as much as it should be. Have you, can you put your finger on one or two reasons as to why? Because La Vida Baseball has done very well but it's still trying to figure out its way, not just in baseball, but across all sports. And it seems like it's because there's a lag on, on, on the consumer side to, to kind of embrace what Latinos and what Hispanics offer. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. And I think we have to look to who is in charge, who is making the decisions, who are the heads of programming, who are the heads of ad buying. And when you look at those faces, you see a lot of cis white males. You see a lot of straight white over 45 years old males who have been in these positions for a very long time. And because of that, you are then seeing the effects of where they think the money should go, where they think the programming should go, where they think how it should look. And so when you have these types of white men in those leadership and decision-making positions, well, that's what you're gonna get. If that's who your chef is, that's the food you're gonna get. Mm. So now we are allowing a lot more diverse, female, women of color voices into the room 
literally into the boardroom, into the kitchen to start cooking up something a little different so that maybe we can serve something a little different. And I think true change will not be felt until we have more senior diverse voices in those boardrooms making those decisions. Mm -hmm. But I think it is starting to shift. We are seeing, you know, a, a little bit of, of shifting there, but unfortunately it is not there yet. And we still have to, you know, adhere to mm. whatever it is they're cooking up. Cool. Um, talk a little bit about the social side, Julie. Um, you, you've really embraced the social side, especially when you had a background uh, in, in esports and gaming, which is another place where you really kind of carved your own niche. Um, how important, especially reaching a Latino audience, is the social side and how much time do you guys put into that? It's huge. It's huge because that's your lifeline to your fans, to your audience, to the brand. Um, being apt and being able to navigate social is, I would say, as important as your reel and, and the work that you do on any other platform. I mean, it's, it is incredibly, um, you know, right now there is such uh, transparency and to be able to communicate with your fans will be your greatest tactic. Because when you have them on your side and we see what happens when you don't have them on your side, they can mm. literally ruin you, uh, which is unfortunate, but the fans and social media has a lot of power. And so you have to play that game. And La Vida Baseball has done an incredible job of serving the community, I think. Um, and also listening to the community of what they want to hear, what they want to see. And, and that is so important because they will make your brand. And we have a new social media um, coordinator who we hired uh, midway through the year, and he has just been phenomenal. And listen, consistency is key. When I come to your site, when I come to your feed, I want to know exactly what I, I know what I'm coming for. Again, it's right up there with having that distinct voice and having people say, okay, let me check in with that person. I know what I'm going to get from them. So consistency, clarity. And, and just having an open ear to hear what your fans are saying. Cool. Um, one more question from me and then Leah, obviously if you have a couple and then we'll get to the final two questions, but I wanna talk a little bit about mentorship, Julie. Um, how valuable, especially in a, an area so steeped in tradition uh, as Hispanic and Latino heritage and media and baseball, is it for you and Jennifer to have mentors who you can, lead along? And then now that you've been around this for a while, how do you carve out your mentorship and your voice to lead another generation that's coming along? Well, the way we do that is through locker room talk. That to me is going to be my lasting legacy to the next generation, because I can't tell you how many emails I get on my personal website on julialexandria.com, send an email, college kids, high school kids, uh, most of them female, asking, how do I break in? How do I do this? And that was also part of the emphasis to starting Locker Room Talk so that I could literally, it would just save me time. And I could just say, go to Locker Room Talk and listen to an episode um, because we give a lot of our anecdotes and best advice and best practice advice there. Um, it's hard. I never had anyone as I was coming up. To be perfectly honest, I still don't. There really isn't anyone in my space other than other colleagues that I have to bounce ideas or get advice off of, but there's really nobody above me that has come 
I, I would only, I could think of like Holly Rowe, but like her path was so different than mine. I wouldn't even, you know, I, I don't even know what I would ask. So it's sort of, you know, I feel like the women who came up in the mid aughts, 2005 to 2009, you know, those are truly the trailblazers because that's when we started to see more females on the broadcast, you mm -hmm. know, saw the rise of Erin Andrews and the popularity that that brought. And then she truly gave way to so many others and ESPN and Fox hiring so many more women in football and baseball coverage. And so to me, I wish I had someone. And again, that goes back to locker room talk and especially the woman of color experience, because it is a little bit different. It's very different actually than, you know, of course, you know, there's, we are all females here as far as who we're creating this content for, but at the same time to hear it from someone who looks and sounds and has a similar background as you, that is the value in that. Cool. Aaliyah? Yeah, that's amazing. Um, what would you say if you could go back to the beginning of your career, what would you want to tell yourself before starting out? Oh my gosh. So many things. So <laughs> uh -huh. many things, Leah. Um, you know, here, I will say, what would I want to tell myself? I would tell myself to intern. I would tell myself, myself to PA. I came to sports originally, the way I got that first break was I was an actor and they were looking for a host who was a fast talker and an improv and quick on her feet. And I really didn't have a sports background other than just being a fan and coming up in a very baseball heavy family, which happened to be big Mets fans. So I came in already knowing who that whole 86 championship team was and knowing everybody's, you know, uh, background and issues and all of that. So I already had the, the foundation, but I think what I could have grown from and learned and specifically made really good connections is if I would have interned at a network, if I would have been a PA if I would have worked at a news desk and if I had a better understanding of how the whole network side worked, because I really just, in the beginning, I sort of saw myself as, well, I'm just a freelance host. I'm an actor. I also do voiceovers and Broadway on the side. I'm just going to come in and punch my card and leave. And I wish I would have put in the time to make those connections. I didn't start doing that till much later in my career, but it could have helped me a lot if I did it earlier. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I have heard your voice impressions and they're great. So, I mean, you're just so cool. I love everything that you do. But one last question for me, have you ever experienced imposter syndrome? And if so, how, how did you get through that? Because I feel women in sports, you, you get some internet trolls or then you get people in corporate that don't give you a raise or hire you because of reason. So how do you fight through that imposter syndrome? Mm, imposter syndrome. I mean, yeah, there, there is a lot of that. There's a lot of that, but I think, you know, look, everybody, every successful person has some element of self-doubt and that's okay. Mm -hmm. I, I want to say that that's okay because it's almost like people ask me, well, how do you get on stage every night and how are you not nervous? And I'm like, well, of course I'm nervous. The minute I'm standing there with an athlete and I've got the camera guy and I've got the producer in my ear giving me like a three second countdown, of course I get nervous and, and that's okay because you use that and that fuels your energy and that keeps it live and in the moment. If you lose that, then 
what are we here for? And then it just becomes boring. I think, so there's a spectrum of imposter syndrome. I think it can be, it can be a positive like that, where you're just like, oh my God, I'm a little nervous. Oh my God. What if I suck? Oh my gosh. But that energy can fuel itself into, you know, into a great interview versus on the, the not so great spectrum side of that on the low spectrum side of that is I don't deserve to be here. And I would be lying if I said I never felt that. I certainly have felt that before because I remember being put on the big Fox A package, eight o'clock game of the week, Saturday night game of the week, uh, college football on Fox package with Gus Johnson and, uh, and Charles Davis. And I thought, I've never done sideline before. And now I am, I have the biggest job in college football sideline. And I had never done it before. Wow. And I thought, oh my God, I am going to ruin this. <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> I'm going to, they're never going to hire me again. I'm going to be so bad at this. And it was one of those things where it took me like, it was sad because I think it was like this monster in my head. And it took me until I want to say the second to last game where I had to sit down with Petros Papadakis and, and I, and I was just like, I need to let it go. He's like, let it go, let it go. You don't, he's not serving you. And it wasn't until that end that I was like, okay, I can do this. I've done the research. I need to trust in my ability, but those monsters definitely, you know, they, they eat at you in your mind. And I think it is so important to check in with yourself and to have a healthy sense of self-worth and know that you are capable and watch your own tape. I always say as much as we hate watching ourselves, watch your own tape and be able to critique. And, and that's also when, you know, good mentors come in that can give you, you know, a couple pointers. Cool. Aliyah, you got one more? You want to, or should we get to the wrap-up questions? We can get to the wrap-up questions. All right. So Julie, uh, you touched on the second one a little bit now with advice, but it was more on a broadcast side more on a business side. Um, what advice has your, has your advice evolved over the years for what you tell people? Uh, how has it evolved? And then you're touching on so many areas. How do you stay constant with what's going on, not just on the baseball field, but in the social space, in the, the athlete activism space, where, where are some of the places that you go? So the advice you give and how do you stay up to date? So the advice I give, yes, it has definitely changed and evolved over the years. Right now, I would say, Aaliyah, you're doing it right now, which is build your brand. Get your name out there, build your brand, have all of your socials be in line with that and create content on a consistent basis. That is my advice. That would not have been my advice 10 years ago because <laughs> none of this stuff existed, but now it does. So take advantage of it. Social media is your best friend. Make it your best friend. Do not, it is not a scary place if you don't want it to be. And you know, you can always turn those comments off, girl. So make, uh, make it work for you. Um, so that is my best advice, uh, consistency, and you know, make sure you're churning out the good content and have your voice be heard and build your brand. Yep. As far as where I go to stay informed, uh, you know, I, I'm all about Twitter. It's the first thing I check in the morning. Um, I have TweetDeck, so I am looking all the time at what my top, you know, outlets are covering. Um, right now, it's mostly MLB playoffs. Um, but yes, as far as the activism, but you know, now that's that is a, a whole new. Uh, a whole new bucket here that we 
sort of experienced in 2020 with um, not new, but that it became to the forefront, you know, with starting with Colin Kaepernick, I'll say, and then, you know, moving forward from there. And I think, again, it goes to your voice, align yourself with what your voice is. And if your voice is activism, if your voice, maybe your voice is not touching on, on live wire subjects, stay true and stay consistent. Cool. And uh, the last thing, most important, give us the places where people can find Locker Room Talk, La Vida Baseball, and where should they be following you and Jennifer, Julie? Yes. So lavidabaseball.com. You can check us out on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. And we always uh, showcase all of our shows throughout all of the platforms. Locker Room Talk airs new episodes every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific. And you can find us on Instagram at Locker Room Talk. And I'm Julie Alexandria 00 on Instagram and Julie Alexandria, Alexandria on Twitter. Uh, Jennifer Mercedes handle is La Chica Deportes and she is across the board La Chica Deportes on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And yeah, check us out because we're doing a ton of post-game coverage. I'm not sure when this is airing, but uh, post-game is our Super Bowl. So our po post-game, listen to me, post-season is our Super Bowl uh, for MLB. So definitely check us out. Yeah, and we'll be, um, by the time people are listening to this, MLB playoffs will be underway and hopefully will be for at least a month. Uh, maybe some of it in New York, but obviously the rest <laughs> of the country too, at least in the American League <laughs> side. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we will be boots on the ground um, at all of the at all the big games, uh, CS and DS. So, be checking in for exclusive interviews. We create all of our own original content, and uh, yeah, it'll be different from what you see on on the other big boys. Yep. Cool. Well, once again, uh, this has been the Cusp Show. Uh, Julie Alexandria has been our guest talking about locker room talk, Levita baseball, and her career. As always. It's so different from the last time you were on. Like I said, you weren't a mom the last time you were on. We were talking about esports and gaming, a little bit less about baseball, but it's great to see how careers evolve. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Cool. And once again, you guys have been listening to The Cusp Show. I'm Joe Favorito for our new co-host, and hopefully she'll be back. If she wants to be back and join us, Aaliyah Funchell. Once again, you'll see us down the road. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.